It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, this was a tough weekend of sports for uh, Minnesota sports fans. So I don't want you guys to think everything is over. It's all lost. We're going to talk about the Vikings and the Gophers and what possibly can go right this coming weekend. We'll do that coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want everybody to know you can get all of our episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe with an uh, email address, and you'll get all the updates, all the shows. Please stick around as well because uh, we're going to have some great interviews coming up this season. Uh, We're going to have Jack Henderson, uh, Gophers' newest safety slash nickel, um, does a lot of things for P.J. Fleck, and he's going to join us this week, so we're going to have that release before it's homecoming. So homecoming week. Why not do that? We're also going to probably have some messages from some uh, some Gophers alum. We might play on the uh, Friday uh, roundtable and talk about homecoming. Uh, and, and just what, what does homecoming mean to you? But Gophers, Vikings, they both lost. They both lost in a fashion that everybody felt like they should have won. And so as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, Sam, it was a tough weekend of football for Minnesota sports fans. Now, yes, the Twins did clinch. The Twins are in the playoffs. Celebrate, champagne, fireworks, do it all. Get ready for base, baseball playoff time. Get ready for it. Uh, Yankees have been eliminated from the playoffs. You can cheer about that. I saw that one uh, pop up. The Yankees have been eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, so at least the Twins don't have to play the Yankees early on in the playoffs like they've done a couple of times and just got absolutely shellacked. But it's football season, people still. Basketball season's around the corner. Got a chance to hang out with uh, uh, Timberwolves GM Tim Connolly last night. Uh, funny. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Got a chance to talk with him. Uh, got a chance to meet, uh, what is it, uh, Shea, not Shea uh, Gilchrist, his, his cousin. What's the uh, the cousin? Uh, Nikhil. So, oh, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yep. Alexander Waters. Why did I say Gilchrist? We call him Nah. We call him Nah around these parts. Walker and I, we chatted last night for a little bit. Got traded from Utah. He said uh, he got traded at the deadline. He came. He's excited about uh, uh, being a you know being a part of this team and having you know he said if he hopes. And Tim Connolly spoke highly of him, saying uh, this kid's a defender, long can guard. So it, it was cool. Mike Miller. I didn't even realize he is he still a Timberwolf or was he just in town. Mike Miller, I think, is out of the league. I think okay. he's, uh, yeah, he's been retired. But no, he. So maybe he just showed. Remember, up. he's a South Dakota guy, so okay, he's, so he's, he's upper Midwest. It makes sense that he would he'd be living here or settled here after his career. Okay, yeah, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Mike Miller was there last night. Um, you know, a couple of Vikings. Anthony Edwards was there last night. So it was a it was a fun ping pong. Cisco from the Thong Song, he was there. Uh, so it was a fun night to hang out. Uh, but, you know, I got to talk with Gabe Henderson last night, Martin Nance, 
uh, Vikings DP, Michael Grady, you know, friend of the show. Uh, he was there as well. So it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a star studded night. Uh, Tim Connolly, his wife uh, put it on and uh, it was great. So I told him, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. He's like, man, you got to come to a Timberwolves game. I'm like, you know what? I got to find time. I got to find time. My kid's busy schedule. But I'm looking forward to it. But Sam, this is, this is not about all the, the hoopla going on in Minnesota. It's about the Vikings and the Gophers. And we're going to start off today with the Gophers. We'll get to the Vikings in the second segment, Sam. Here's the problem with the Gophers, Sam. Northwestern is a beatable team, clearly because they had a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. At some point in this game against the, the, the Northwestern Wildcats, the Gophers took the foot off the pedal. And I think that's that's the problem sometimes, too, with younger teams. You have a younger quarterback. You have a younger running back. Uh, you don't have a Chris Altman Bell on the field. Your tight end, Brevin Sman Ford, has been non-existent. So the team becomes uh, a microcosm of their leader, and that's Ethan Kalikmanis. And so Ethan Kalikmanis doesn't have experience in this situation. What what should I do? How should we operate? Uh, should I just take what the defense gives me? How do I slow the game down? When you look at uh, just snapping the ball and going a four going four minute offense. Now you could say the coaches should have been responsible for this. Yes, but Ethan's got to know in the four minute offense we have a lead. We're trying to bleed the clock out. Ethan snapped the ball one time with 14 seconds left, and I think he snapped it one time with eight. He should snap the ball every time down the stretch with one second left on the play clock. It doesn't matter to check out of a play. You just want to burn the clock because whether you gain yards or not, you're trying to, one, you're making the defense know now. We're sitting on this. So you guys need to press the issue. You guys need to come after me. You guys need to feel like all the time is on our side. And I don't think they ever did that to Northwestern. Northwestern never felt like, you know what, we just got to we gotta try too hard right now to make a play. If you think about the last drive Northwest, Northwestern needed, if Ethan, let's just say that 8 and that 14 right there, that's 7 seconds and that's 13. That's 20 seconds. 20 seconds less in the end of that game, the Gophers probably win that because they don't have that extra opportunity to get two or three more plays. That 20 seconds is huge. Also, we know the, the field being painted. So a lot of players look for paint, and then they turn their toes to the, their heels to the paint, and then they catch the ball. That's what the, uh, the, the gunner did on that. Well, you got to realize you're in Northwestern. They don't paint the end zone. It's just a white line, and then there's the word Northwestern or Wildcats in the end zone. So knowing that, you got to keep your eye on that ahead of time. You got to know that. You got to know your, your surroundings because he backed up to the paint, did what he thought he was supposed to do, caught the ball. I was like, oh, wait, that wasn't the five-yard line. That was the goal line. So, again, another situation, instead of them driving 80, they have to drive 99 yards. So that one yard, if the ball's on the one, the first couple of plays are nerve-wracking because they're like, we can't take a safety. We have to run the ball to get daylight. Maybe they just run three times and they get stopped and they punt it. Or they try to go for it on fourth down, and it's over there. So there's a lot of little things you can say. At the end of the day, you shouldn't lose a, a 21-point lead, 31 to 10. But I think that's the small things there. I think Alec Mann is and, – and, you know, the Gophers met last night. The players met last night. So I'm guessing because it was a player. It wasn't coaches. This is players. I'm guessing this is an opportunity for them to talk to each other and just say, hey, man, it's a gut punch, but we still got a lot of football left to play. We, we, we still have a chance to go out here and, and absolutely kill a Louisiana Monroe and then move. And then, then you got top four, 
you got Michigan coming into the mm-hmm. building, 6.30 p.m., so they made it a prime time. I knew that when Michigan was number two, I'm like, they're going to make this prime time for the jug. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. Michigan was a game they didn't expect to win. Northwestern was. And that's what makes the, what changes probably the perspective now because you lost a Big Ten game and then you have to go play Michigan in the Big Ten as well. So, in my opinion, Sam, uh, for the Gophers looking forward, they have to understand there's going to come times like that where their defense is playing great early on, their offense is getting it going. How do we teach this young quarterback that the game's never over? You always play the long game. You always, when it's in your favor, you bleed that clock out. There's no reason to snap the ball early. There's no reason in the fourth quarter to snap the ball with anything less than two seconds left on that play clock. And so that's just little things from a young guy not really being in the situation, not having it, and coaches probably not realizing it, not realizing it's going to come down in like seconds. We need to believe that. Now, let's play devil's advocate really quick before I get to you, Sam. Yeah. People always say, oh, coaches should know all of this stuff. How do you not know this as a coach? How do you not know to tell them this? Because we dealt without the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins not uh, uh, spiking the ball. Why didn't the coaches tell them before this? They had timeouts. True. All of that's true. But at the end of the day, it's not about one play, one drive, one series. It's a it's an entire game, and it's about the entire team. But in order for the Gophers to move forward, Sam, Ethan Kellick, man, is one that has to play better. Brevin Spanford has to wake up, or they need to, like, just move on from that and just say, hey, we're going to go four wides, three wides a lot. We're going to use these receivers. Um, and Darius Taylor has, you know, he's already proven he deserves the carries mm-hmm. and he's going to get them. He's RB1 now. I don't care what PJ Flex says now. He's he's RB1. He's get, he's giving you more than what Sean Tyler was giving you. So Sean Tyler and now Sean Tyler looks like he's even behind Bryce Williams. Um, so that's what happens when you fumble the ball sometimes, especially in college. Like they're like, look, we, we got we, we can't wait for you to figure out if you're going to hold on to the ball or not. And uh, it is what it is, but for the Gophers moving on next, Louisiana Monroe is a nice band-aid uh, after you've gotten bruised up uh, when you can put some points up. But if it, if it's a close one against them, people are going to be pissed off, especially for homecoming. People are going to be – it's a lot of people in town. I mean, a lot of text messages about homecoming and we're doing this. Who's going to be there? Who's flying into town? So, I mean, you better blow them out because if you don't, people are going to question big time because they're like, how did we not blow out Louisiana Monroe and we lost to Northwestern, Sam? But, Sam – in your mind, I know you 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 caught something on the on the telestrator uh, about just the whole to down the stretch of this coaching staff and the players. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, I I saw the moment. I think it was after the special teams blunder. I, it looked like Fleck was very irritated with somebody on the sideline. It seemed like they, they were just a little discombobulated in that fourth quarter. And I had a passive eye on this game. I wasn't completely locked in on it, but obviously settled in, watched the final drive for Northwestern, watched overtime, very disappointing. Um, and I think it goes to show, too, that the the good defense and the strong running game will win you a lot of games, but it can only get you so far. you got to have a robust passing game to really be an elite team in this Big Ten, and the Gophers are far from that right now in, in the passing game. I will give Fleck credit, though. In the past, the Gophers have had some silly losses. I mean, they they have this seems to happen about once a year, and they tend to bounce back pretty well. And this is where the Fleck mantra comes into play. The one and zero Louisiana championship season, as corny yep. as it might sound, like they, it seems <laughs> to have worked in yep. the past, where they've been able to shake off these losses, and they tend to still get to that eight win mark at the end of the season. So I think that is still attainable. It's a little more difficult 
now because you've dropped one that you you know you you circled this one. This was an easy W, kind of like the Vikings circling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can't take anything for granted. And the Gophers, you're right, took their foot off the gas, and that's all it takes in conference play for one quarter to relax. And um, Ron, were you playing on the uh, on the team that lost Northwestern years ago on the Hail Mary? Was that a Ron Johnson team? Yep, I tweeted that out. Oh, I was a part of that, and um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I've been there. We we lost. I think we talked about it on the, on the postcast as well. Uh, for those that that want to, you know, after homecoming, please check out the Gophers postcast. I'm, I'm gonna try to get a couple uh, former players to just call into the show uh, for the post game show. Just talk about the festivities, and so I'm gonna try to line up at least two or three. Just gonna stop in the show maybe and uh, get a couple in just to say, you know, hey, yeah, be fun. And, uh, you know, talk about their experience at the game really quick, two to three minute swing buys. Um, but, you know, it's it's yes, I was a part of that in the Metrodome. Uh, Jake Cuppy cried. Uh, Damian Anderson caught it. And I think Zach Kustak threw it. So, yeah, I was there. I was. So I've been there. So in these instances, when you're supposed to win, uh, when 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 all is in your favor and it just comes down to the last play or the last situation and you lose. As a player, they hurt like and then for the fans to remember this. The coaches, it hurts them more than it hurts you. The players, it hurts them 10 times more than it hurts you. So for all the people that want to say stuff like that, like, ah, fire this person, this person is, I can't believe this. Trust me, it hurts us as players more than it ever hurts the fans. Like, you don't understand how players beat themselves up, how they have to pick up, lick their wounds, and go to class on a Monday and they just don't want to be in class. They don't want to go to, you know, do homework. They don't want to, like, it doesn't stop for them. For you, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to put the purple paint on or maroon paint on my face next week, and I'm going to be out there. For the players, it's sometimes tough to let things like that go, so it, it's tough for them too. But we got to get to the Vikings because Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, I'm starting to see, like, Twitter right now, like, I, I st- I'm not going to lie, Sam. I turned, like, I haven't even looked at Twitter. I haven't because the 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 amount of uh, Vikings ridiculousness is starting to wear on me. Like the 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 people that don't realize Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause, so you can't just trade them wherever you want. Um, it's it's so much in what people are just like throwing stuff out there. Oh, I can't believe this, and, and we need to move on from Kirk. It's time to rebuild. This Kirk's last. This Kirk is he just threw his last interception and duh, duh, duh. like what are we what are we doing? Like what? What are what are we actually doing? I get it; they're zero and three, but we'll talk about that and what's next for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, because there's a topic I actually want to ask you, Sam, about Adam Thielen because mm. he is going to play the Vikings as his revenge game because Eric Kendricks didn't get his shot, uh, so now Adam Thielen gets to take his shot, even though Eric Kendricks team won. Um, I think we talked about this too. I'm like, what if this is a season of everybody that played for the Vikings beats the Vikings? Now, I was going to say, did the Car- Cardinals didn't beat the Vikings though, right? Chris Boyd didn't get a win, or did he? In the preseason, they did. Oh, oh that's what I was going to say. I, I didn't know yeah. if the Cardinals won that one. So, yeah. So, Chris yeah. Boyd got his revenge. Uh, Eric Kendricks got his revenge. Now was Adam Thielen's turn. And so, we're going to talk about this, this Carolina Panthers uh, versus Vikings game. But I have a question for you about Adam Thielen, Sam, when we come back. But we have a word from our sponsors. Uh, today, I'm going to tell you about DoorDash. Yes, I am an absolute sucker for that late night dessert. Um, and it's not just food delivery. It's grocery delivery now with DoorDash. And I've got two kids going grocery shopping with two kids. It's hard. It's impossible. 
You're constantly getting distracted. So you need the convenience of having them brought right to your door. Uh, DoorDash is great. Yeah, your trusted DoorDash delivery brings you your restaurant favorites, your grocery delivery. If there's any kind of mistake, they will absolutely make it right so you don't have to stress. Sit back, enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out. And you can save on all delivery fees by getting the Dash Pass membership. Easy substitutions right in the app, best-in-class customer service. They deliver them exactly how you want them, right to your door. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off a $20 no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. Don't forget that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Well, Sam... Vikings are playing the uh, Carolina Panthers. Might get uh, Andy Dalton, might get Bryce Young. We're not sure. Uh, we'll probably see during the week with the injury report. Uh, my guess is Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton has actually beaten the Vikings. Um, Adam Thielen is giving the Carolina Panthers every piece of intel he can think of. He's thinking back to everything Kirk Cousins has confided in him. He's thinking back to everything. Like he knows so much about Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings um, that he's going to do everything in his power to make sure his team is ready for this. Uh, when you think about Kevin O'Connell, this is the one thing he only spent a year in O'Connell's offense, so he doesn't uh, have too much because I'm pretty sure there's been little tweaks here and there and changes, but he understands the initial concepts, what to look for, how to screw Kirk up, how to blitz Kirk properly, uh, what, what what's Kirk's blind spot, what, what pisses him off the most, what defenses do. Like Adam Thielen, I'm pretty sure he's going to tell him all that. But Sam, here's my question for you before we jump into this. Yeah. Or this is it. Before we dip, dig deeper, I guess I'll say. Did the Vikings move too fast on letting Adam Thielen go? 145 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, had a great game against the Seattle Seahawks. Do you think the Minnesota Vikings should have maybe kept Adam Thielen? Well, I love what Addison's doing. Absolutely love what Addison's doing right now. I I think we might be seeing that Thielen or that Osborne hasn't necessarily passed Thielen by. Like that was sort of the assumption that, okay, right. Osborne's going to take over that spot. Maybe wasn't perfectly suited for that now that we've seen three games, but you probably have replaced a lot of that production with Jordan Addison and what he's providing you. He's been great for three games now. Um, and the money was the biggest issue anyway. So I, I, and I, I don't honestly think Ron, the Vikings ever believed they were getting better by letting Thielen go. It was just a calculation that, we can't afford $20 million. So right. we're going to take 80% of you with Osborne and we're going to save the money. So I don't, I think they made the right move, Ron, but it doesn't surprise me at all that Thielen is, is putting up numbers. Like I think he had it in him. I'm not sure he was fully healthy last year. I think he's probably healthier now. So that helps. Um, but again, coming in losing efforts too for, for Carolina, a couple mm-hmm. 0 3 teams battling this Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. Somebody's always got to go. Somebody's O has got to go. Somebody's going to win one. I think it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings, Sam. But here's here's my thought on the Adam Thielen thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27 catches for Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison, 13. But then K.J. Osborne. Three games played. Seven catches. 15 targets. 101 yards. 
Now, he does have two touchdowns, but seven catches, Sam. That's why I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Because now, now here's the problem, though, too. You cannot, I mean, not going to lie, and this is just total like, oh, man, I, this is just what I wish. I wish there would have been a way for it to be Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Jordan Addison. Like, that, to me, is a scary three. Like, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ, or uh, uh, Jordan Addison. Now, I will say KJ Osborne as wide receiver three was great. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer because, like, when you're a great three, like, you're getting 50 catches. Um, not to say you can't. This is early in the season. Like, there's a long season to go. But the fact that Jordan Addison has double the catches pretty much as him, uh, four more targets, 85 more yards, the same amount of touchdowns. Like, I just wonder, like, I I wonder uh, what's going on in that process. Like, is it that, you know, teams are treating him like, no, they're not, though, because they're looking at Justin Jefferson. I don't I don't have the answer, Sam. I really don't. I'm I'm like, I'm trying to I was going to say, like, our defense is keying in on KJ Osborne. No, they're not. Um, Is Adam the is a is a Kirk Cousins not looking his way now? Maybe now that could be the thing we're not getting, Sam. Jordan Addison being drafted in the first round with the first round pick and Justin Jefferson. Maybe, maybe we've been looking at this wrong. Maybe Jordan Addison is wide receiver two. And KJ is still in his spot as three. And he's just going to get whatever he can get when he can get it. Justin Jefferson has 38 targets. Jordan Addison has 19. He's doubled them in targets. Justin Jefferson has doubled the targets. Now you got TJ Hawkinson with 28, 23 catches. Also now TJ Hawkinson being there a full year. Is that taken away from George or KJ Osborne? Yes, it is. But could Adam Thielen have fit in with Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison? Now, when I say it out loud, <laughs> I kind of now I hear it. I don't know if that works out loud. Like, I don't think that would work. That's too many people. There's not enough balls to go around and you still want to try to establish the run. Because I think that was the thing that was helping the Vikings offense. At Ma- uh, Madison was actually productive. He was actually gaining yards which then made play action work. But here's my thought before we, because we got to get to the daily three at some point. We got time though. Yep. Kevin Stefanski. You remember that guy, right? Sam? Oh yeah. Love him. Kevin O'Connell has the ability to go back and watch Kirk Cousins film with Kevin Stefanski. When Kirk Cousins was really good, he was one of the best rolling out to his left quarterbacks throwing because he's a right-handed quarterback. So rolling opposite of your throwing hand because everybody can play action to the right and the right hand and throw right. But rolling out to the left and being a right-handed quarterback, it takes a special ability to do that vision. I don't know it was so much of just Kirk is special, but more so of just getting Kirk moving. Now, you had Dalvin Cook, so let's be honest. Linebackers and everybody, they were honoring the run. But Kirk Cousins rolling out. Now, one, it gave him more time. It reset the pocket. It made defense alignment have to chase a different direction, and it maybe gave him two extra seconds. It's all Kirk probably needs. But he was really good doing that. Kevin Kevin O'Connell, he tries to do it, but it's almost like you're running play action rollout at the wrong time. You got to establish a run. And that's why maybe we saw the first five plays of the game where Alexander Madison runs. Because he's like, look, if we're going to go down with this ship, we're going to go down with this ship We're getting the run going. Uh, Cam Akers was at it because he wants a one-two punch. And I don't think he thought he had it with Ty Chandler. Kane Wangwu hasn't been in. Um, so... Maybe that was the Cam Akers. I don't think it was all Alexander Madison. Now people are like, well, he fumbled again. He did. He did. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's like lackadaisical, like ball security, what's going on with that. Um, 
I will say this. When you when you're scared of your coach, like the Vikings were of Mike Zimmer, let's be honest. They were they 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 said that it was a fear-based organization. So they were scared. I don't know about you, Sam, but when I'm scared, I tighten up. I do the right things. I'm thinking about everything to not piss off my coach. When you're too buddy buddy and too friendly and too like I want to be your boy and we're homies and let's you know, me and this, my uh, coach, my position coach, we're buddies. Sometimes you don't have fear and failure. Like you don't fear failure. Failing and failure are two different things. You're going to want to fail. But you, and again, I'm not going to get too, too PJ Fleck-ish, but you, what's your response when you fail? How do you bounce back? But when there's no fear and failure, like you're like, ah, if I screw up, eh, whatever, that's my guy. I'm not going to have to run. I'm not going to get cursed out. Like that could be a part of it too, because when T and, and TJ Hawkinson might have had a concussion, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'll be interested to see this this injury report on uh, was it Wednesday? Because TJ, I, I thought it was ribs, it could be ribs, but I also thought he took a hit, and maybe it was the ribs too. But I thought, like, remember, he took that big hit early in the game, yes, like maybe and not to say it was a concussion, but maybe it was a little bit just out of it, which could be a minor concussion, he could have been out of it because. When you take a hit like that, then at the end, you take the other big hit. Could have been ribs, but the fact that he caught the ball at the end of the game, this is the one that got me. He caught the ball, and everybody's screaming, spike, 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 at home. <laughs> Nobody in the stadium on the field was. But everybody at home is screaming, spike it, spike it. TJ Hawkinson, if you rewatch that, he catches it, he gets up, he just sets the ball down, and then he kind of, like, stands there, and they're all looking back at Kirk. Kirk's trying to get the play. Like, there was no urgency. Where if you think about every other time you've seen quarterbacks and receivers or tight ends for like the chiefs when Travis Kelsey catches a ball and it's the two minute office with Patrick Mahomes he hops up he runs as fast as he can he finds that referee puts the ball down for the ref and then runs out to his spot and then Patrick Mahomes can either spike it or do what he has to do it was real lackadaisical at the end Sam personally like I just feel like there was no and you don't need Mm -hmm. fear but it just it just it just didn't sit well with me now again this is why I say TJ Hawkinson might have been out of it a little bit. He runs a hook. When you know there's a linebacker behind you, you should uncover. Kirk Cousins threw it away from the defender. That's a drill. Receivers do it all the time. I'm going to run a route. I run a curl. You throw me away from the defender. There's two throws. And we used to do this all the time as a drill. I run a hook. My coach stands on the right. So you throw it to my left, which is telling me turn to your left because I'm trying to take you away from the hit. This is what people don't know. Quarterbacks save, well, can save, or they can set you up and get you absolutely your head blocked off. But they try to save you. Same thing. If he hooks up and the and the cornerbacks on the outside, he throws it inside, telling you catch it and then go that way. Stay away from the hit. If there's two guys, he's just going to put it on the middle, and then we're taught to just drop our shoulder, like almost like a drop step in, step in basketball. You drop your shoulder and you run through two people. Well, Kirk Cousins threw him to the right, kind of giving him an like a heads up like or an idea hey, I go this way Hawkinson kind of just lackadaisically reaches out versus like feeling the pressure running like because he can when he ran at the guy you hook you know he's there start moving this way a little bit it's, it's the last way of the game there's no reason to just stand still like a statue like unless you're going to stick your hands out this way and maybe he thought Kirk was going to do that and he was going to like body up the guy that could have been an option but I think Kirk felt like, look, this guy is going to knock the ball out, which he he would have if he had thrown it straight at him. T.J. Hawkinson to me just was really lackadaisical in that last two plays. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder, one, how bad did the injury hurt? And was he a little bit dizzy? 
like that this Wednesday injury report, like, you know, whether it's a full participant, limited participant, uh, whatever comes out, you know, whether it says ribs or head or concussion protocol, it'll be very interesting to see um, because something wasn't right. I don't know what, but mm. something wasn't right. It just didn't seem right to me. But in your opinion, Sam, when you think about like, who do you blame on that? Do you blame the fans? Do you blame Kevin O'Connell or do you blame Kirk Cousins for just not just spiking the ball? Because I know the fans, Kevin O'Connell said he couldn't, like, we couldn't hear. So they, you know, it's the fans. Yeah, I I think that that, I think that's on KOC. I think you just got to get up there, spike the ball, reset yourself, uh, and get three cracks. Leave enough time for three shots at the end zone from, you know, take the spike. So second and goal from the six. Take three plays. Now, here's the irony, Ron. Brandon Staley, for for who no one knows why, didn't call his timeouts. Why? Mm-hmm. Why didn't he call it? Because they had 30, what, 35 seconds mm-hmm. that he could have tried to save for his offense. Correct. But he let the clock run. Like that, if the Vikings score, Staley's taking all the heat. Why wouldn't he have used his time out there and that could have bailed the Vikings out from their own issues? Um, that to me, that's what I think about because that's a blunder on Staley's part, right? Like, shouldn't yeah. he be using those? Yeah, because I was listening to the national media on uh, XM Radio, Sirius XM, and uh, yeah, they were all saying the same thing. Brandon Staley should be fired. They're like, even with this win, fire him. They're like, Eric Bieniemy should probably be the next head coach with that offense, with those weapons, with that quarterback. Eric Bieniemy as a head coach, putting his offense, putting his Kansas City stamp on that team. I mean, you think about how he's getting Sam Howell right now and what he's doing with Sam Howell. Now, Sam Howell does have Terry McLaurin. When you look at what he's doing with Sam Howell, you're telling me he can't make Justin Herbert better? He can't make Justin Herbert like a step or two behind Patrick Mahomes? Like, he could probably put just, uh, Justin Herbert a step behind Mahomes. Like, if he's two or three steps behind Mahomes right now, he probably gives him two steps with just his his offense his ability to help him out understanding the offense and then his ability to help him out understanding here's where you go with the ball and why. Brandon Staley, I, like I've, I've heard a lot of national media people say that on SiriusXM, he should be fired. Like I didn't even think about the tie, the timeouts thing. Like that's mm-hmm. that's probably part of their thought process too. Like what is he doing? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you're right though. Like mm-hmm. It was just two coaches both like because Kevin O'Connell didn't have timeouts. Brandon Staley did. Uh, maybe Brandon Staley was hoping like, Maybe if I don't call a timeout, they don't have enough time and they have to run a play from whatever. But, you know, like I see what you're saying, like after that first one, when they got close mm-hmm. enough and you're like, it's imminent, they're going to score. Yeah. At that point, I think it was 33 seconds. Yeah. At yeah. that point. Yeah. Maybe call a timeout, but maybe he's just like, look, I'm a, at this point we're here now. I'm a do or die with my defense. So he could say, that's what he was thinking. Like, I trust my defense. You know, I didn't want to give the Vikings any more time on the clock or any time to talk about what they want to do. And maybe that was his thought too. Like, I don't want to give them any time. So you could always play devil's advocate, but I agree. Like if I'm like, cause like Belichick probably would have been like, Oh crap, they're down on the five. Let them score. So we can get the ball back. Um, cause we, we, if we score, then we win. Or if we get a field goal, we can go take this overtime. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's, it's very interesting. The whole lot of everything that happened. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you look at Alexander Madison, um, you know, in his receiving and his running, you know, 39 carries right now, 155 yards is receiving 11 catches, um 17 targets 53 yards he does have a receiving touchdown um still doesn't have a rushing touchdown though uh but when you when you look at what Kirk Cousins needs to do moving forward it'll be interesting to see with the Panthers defense because the Panthers defense is eh, you know 
how much do they try to establish the run? And does this become one of those games where it's just like, oh, like, like we say with PJ Fleck, I'm going to run the ball 40 times because I can. Uh, we do know Justin Jefferson is on an absolute tear right now. The Panthers are a team. like, And, and that's another thing. Does Kevin O'Connell want Justin Jefferson to have a 200-yard game versus Boy Adam Thielen so everybody can shut the hell up? Um, or does he want to, you know, does he want to like show off his new toy in Jordan Addison and be like, look, yep, I got rid of Adam. Look what I got in my garage now. So there's a lot of storylines to this game that I'm gonna be watching. I'm excited about to see. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that on Friday. We'll also talk about the uh, the the bets because I know there's gonna be some props out there. Do you put Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in the same game prop? I would. Um, so I'm interested to see how FanDuel comes with that. Like, do they come through with a a parlay uh, that's gonna be? Because we know last week they locked the what was it 25 and 40 yards for Justin Jefferson. They're they're not making yeah. it easy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they where they put this. But I know for Adam Thielen. Whoever's the quarterback, he's probably hoping it's Andy Dalton because he's had some success with Dalton. Um, but he's probably hoping like he can talk to this quarterback, say, man, give me the ball 50 times. I need the ball every, every possible chance because you know if they win and he has a big game, we're not going to hear the end of it from his wife, from his team at IFA, and himself. We're going to have to get Blake Barrett's on. Maybe we'll do that. After that, we'll, we'll get Blake Barrett's on that week and say, man, what did you think of this game? Uh, you know, is Adam Thielen telling the Vikings to suck it? Because you just never know. You never know. Though, I, Do you think I, it's going to be this. all hugs? Is it going to be like him dapping up, hugging it, the defensive players when he's on the field, or is, is there going to be trash talk? Do you think? I think Thielen it's going to be trash talk because he doesn't over. know Byron Murphy. You yeah. know, he does know like him and Harrison Smith probably will. I don't know if Harrison would would blow Adam Thielen up because uh, I don't think he's that guy. But uh, Cam Bynum doesn't really have a connection with with Adam Thielen. They weren't teammates that long. Um, when you look at, um, Byron Murphy, Caleb Evans doesn't really, you know, him and Adam Thielen weren't like boys. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the newest one, Blackman, you know, he, Makai, he, he doesn't know Adam Thielen, uh, Ivan Pace Jr. Adam Thielen crosses the middle of the field. He has no, he doesn't care. He's going to hit him like he's anybody else. He doesn't know. Like if it was Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, um, Linball, Joseph, some of these guys still on the defense. Um, yeah, I can see Daniel Hunter and him dabbing it up a little bit. The one thing I want to see though, is like how close were Adam and Justin for real? Cause we know Stefan and Adam were really like boys, mm-hmm. but Justin and Adam, like, is there bad blood there? Because Adam knows Justin came in and took all his targets and he's the reason why he probably, you know, had to leave. Um, so that even that, like, what is that handshake going to look? Is there, is Adam feeling going to gritty when he touched out? Like, cause that'd be a prop out there. Adam Thielen hits the gritty. Over under one time, like it'll be interesting if he does the gritty, like or is it a, like an homage to his boy Justin? You know who knows? Does Justin have a special gritty for Adam? Is it gonna be a one nine gritty? I don't know. Um, because what, what's that? Oh, I don't know. That was one of them. We got the Monopoly gritty. He so he mm-hmm. already did the Jettas, the Jet. Um, now he got the I Monopoly. Like the, jet. And the Jet's cool. The Jet looked like what he was already kind of doing sometimes anyway, but yeah, maybe that's just me. Uh, but you got the Monopoly gritty, some other ones. But yeah, it'll, Adam Thielen, in my opinion, he's going to cry for the ball. He's going to yell, scream. He wants this ball. Like this week, he's going to be like clamoring for it. So I hope because Eric Hendricks had the hamstring. I hope Adam Thielen, I pray Adam Thielen stays healthy this entire week because that's what, you know, we want to see that on the TV. We want to see what happens every chance he gets. You know, does he celebrate his first downs? Does he yell and scream? Does he stare at Kevin O'Connell? Does he shake Kevin O'Connell's hand? That one. Like, what do you think there, Sam? Does he shake his hand, or do you think he just walks off the field after? Well, we had Barrett's on before, right? And Barrett's yeah. made it sound very much like this was a friendly breakup. 
Like, yeah. I don't know if Caitlin felt that way, but with Adam, at least it, it seemed Barrett's made it sound like they prepared him for it. They were cordial and it was all business, not personal. So right. I'm, I'm choosing to believe that and that there's going to be, and I agree with that. Yeah, because and, he did say, he said the year before they kind of knew because they already had to restructure one year. So they were like, well, if we had to restructure this year, this is probably it, you know, because that's so, yeah, they they definitely knew it was coming. And this is, I mean, when you head into your 10th year, ninth year, like, you know, that stuff's going to start to happen. Like for running backs, it's your third year. <laughs> like, be prepared because they're going to move on. Um, but I'm Ron Johnson. I say I'm extra. Coming up next, we got the daily Three, that's three questions. We can take about a minute each today. We ran a little long on time because the Vikings topics were just so good. We had to do it. But make sure you guys know Sirius XM is a proud partner locked on. The Twins play the Oakland Athletics 6.40 p.m. tonight. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search Twins, and that is your playoff bound Minnesota Twins. All right, Sam, three questions, about a minute each. Take it away. All right. We, I'm going to toss a new one in here that wasn't on the list. Uh, I want you to power rank the three, three and O NFL teams right now. Okay. Miami, Philadelphia, mm. San Francisco. Oh my goodness. All perfect so far. And I think this is a pretty tough one. This is super tough. Um, I'm going to just go with who made it to the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna go with Eagles first. Um, mm-hmm. Then, hmm. wow, this is tough. I mean, the Dolphins put 70 up on them. The 49ers have a good run game. Uh, but the speed, like you you, you got uh, A-Chain now, who was also a 100-meter like qualifier in college track, so he's fast. Um, I'm going to go Dolphins. I'm going to go Dolphins just because Brock Purdy, I feel like um, – like we have to see what this 49ers team really is complete. Like it, we haven't seen them really have to play a complete game just yet. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. So I'm gonna go Eagles, Dolphins, 49ers. I think all three are great. I think all three are, are have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Um, the only thing about the Dolphins that makes me want to drop them down is you know, is some of the uh the the boomer bust. Like, how sustainable is this? Uh, mm-hmm. but the other problem is these guys are fast, like. You toss sweep to Mostart, you toss sweep to A-Chain, and you miss a tackle, it's a touchdown. I mean, we saw the speed. Uh, you you jump a route, Tyreek Hill's gone. So I'm going to go with Eagles. Cause, just because the Eagles run pass game, to me, that too, it's tough to be able to stop. Like Jason Kelsey said, like you want to stop the tush push because we're great at it. Well, what are you going to do, stop Justin Tucker now from making – well, they did stop field goals. So Jason, Jason Kelsey better chill out. Because they will stop stuff that's easy. Extra points were easy, so they're like, all right, let's back this up to 25 yards. Uh, so they will stop stuff that is too easy. Uh, the tush push is becoming too easy for the Eagles, and so that's why he thinks they want to outlaw it. But, yeah, I'll go Eagles, uh, Dolphins, 49ers. I don't know. What were you thinking? Yeah, it's it's tough to relegate the Eagles after all we've seen from them for a year and a year and change now. The Dolphins are the new thing. They're the shiny new toy right now. It's mm-hmm. easy to get enamored by the 70 points they hung up. But uh, do you remember a few years ago when the Cardinals started like 10 and 2 and everybody was talking about how they were you know, breaking the NFL? They were all yeah. speed guys. And it fizzled so fast, right? Um, and also Tua is just so vulnerable. Like I worry about Tua being hurt and then you're one injury away from kind of going back to normal so i'm I'm pumping the brakes on the dolphins 
I love the Eagles and I love I love the 49ers honestly. I think the 49ers are vying for the number 1 spot here because they are just so solid every facet and Purdy just executes that Shanahan offense. I think I like San Francisco actually most of all. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's talk baseball. Mm. Twins. Final home series of the year this mm-hmm. week against the Athletics and they finished the year on the road at Colorado, but uh they're going to the playoffs, Ron, probably going to be the 3 seed. Mhm. And probably going to play either Toronto or Houston, mm-hmm. Seattle. We don't know yet. But Ron, does your gut tell you, is this the year they break their 18-game postseason losing streak? Well, as it sits right now, they're the three. Houston's the six. Uh, Toronto's the four. Or sorry, Toronto's the five. And uh, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays are the four. And so when you think about that, I think they can. I think they can't like, and I'm not just saying because of the seating. I think the Houston Astros have shown they're beatable. Um, people are going to be cheering for the twins. I think nationally, because people are sick of the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have that. They'll have the angels in the outfield helping them out too. Cause everybody's sick of the Astros and they feel like the cheating and blah, blah. But the Astros have something to play for. They want to show everybody like, look, you guys want to throw an asterisk on this. We need to get back to where we were. We need to get back there again and show everybody. Because if the Astros do win or hit a home run or something, I guarantee somebody's going to – he's going to take all of his clothes off just to show everybody, like, there's nothing under my shirt. Um, and, again, I go back to that, that that stem machine under his shirt. That one was super weird. Who bats with the stem machine? Like, come on, man. Like that – anyway. But, yeah, I think this, this – they, I think they can. I think they can beat the Astros – um, they play the Texans because the Texans are the two seed. They would play the Texans after that. Um, or sorry, Rangers, not the Texans. Mm-hmm. There's no Texans. The Rangers. They are so Texans. They, they live in Texas. They're in we'll Texas, but the Rangers, not the Texas Texans, is the Texas Rangers. Um, they would play the Rangers after that. So that'd be the two versus three seed again. Evenly matched, but you talked about it. It comes down to the bullpen. Can can these guys go out and get quality innings? Out of out of all their pitch, like can everybody help out down the stretch? Uh, but yes, I think they can beat the Astros the way it sits. I hope that's how it stays. Um, because I'm not gonna lie, the 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 Rays aren't gonna, I don't think there's a way the Rays jump to drop to six, but you never know. Um, but it could be Toronto, like it could be Toronto as well. And that's I don't know if that's one they want either. I I I kind of like the Astros just because. I feel like that's a winnable game or a winnable series. Uh, in the first one, is it one game or is it three? Best of three. Best of three. I thought that. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So I two games. You just got to get you know your two best pitchers out there, maybe for that, and just say we really you know Sunny Gray. We need you to give us four or five good innings, and we need to hit some bombs. We got to get early bombs out there. But I don't know, Sam. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Houston scares me just because of their track record. Those guys that that core of that team, they're so seasoned in the mm-hmm. postseason world series champions in some cases altuve is clutch mm-hmm. um they're solid but yeah that's just a solid baseball team so even though you know they are maybe not as formidable as years past i still worry about them so i'd rather play like a texas or a toronto mm. but you're probably going to play a team that has a better record than you in this series. So you're going to be True. potentially underdogs uh, no matter what. <laughs> you forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, last one for you, Ron, and you touched on it. Let's dig into it a little more. Which quarterback would you rather face on Sunday for the Panthers? Andy Dalton or Bryce Young? Dalton's a statue. We know that at this point in his career, he's not running 
and he's not going anywhere fast. So I do like the thought of Dalton with Brian Flores' blitz because Bryce Young can hurt you with his legs. He's mobile. He can run. He's short. So if you don't see where he's at, he can come out somewhere else. Um, like Jack-Jack in The Incredibles, he's going to disappear and then end up somewhere else in the room. Um, I don't know. I said I wanted like Bryce Young because in my mind, I'm like Brian Flores, rookie, blitz, blitz, blitz. He doesn't know like hot routes. He doesn't know some of the other stuff. He can't quick QB sneak because he's not big enough. But I do like Andy Dalton not being able to escape the pocket. Like, I think that's where the Vikings have gotten hurt, where quarterbacks are escaping. Like, Justin Herbert hurt them escaping the pocket. Like, they, they you would think they have him, and then he escapes the pocket. He gets a long run. Um, so I kind of want to face Andy Dalton. I don't think he can escape Brian Flores' pressure, like, the way he comes at him, where I think Bryce Young would do a better job of getting out. But I, I do say Andy Dalton probably has a better idea of who's hot, uh, how to get the ball out of his hands quick because he's a vet where Bryce Young doesn't. So I don't know. That's a, I, I would I would like Bryce Young's brain on Andy Dalton's body. Like that that would be my answer. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Like I, I want to be a Frank. I want a Frankenstein yeah. quarterback against this team. Wh- which, who would you rather face though? Well, I didn't watch this game, so I don't know if they were just getting garbage yards, but Dalton threw it 58 times against Seattle mm-hmm. for 361 and two. Again, they, it looks like they were playing from behind, having to come back, but there might be a little bit left in that arm. Um, you know, Bryce Young is so raw that I wonder how he would handle a blitz-heavy scheme. Like, right. would he know where his hots are, um, how to handle getting six, seven guys in his face? So I, I think either way, the blitz might work a little better than it did against Herbert, who just carved him up. Correct. Um, but, you know, we they played Dalton in London last year against the Saints, and I felt mm-hmm. like they did pretty well against him. So I... I think Dalton, I, I I would rather face. Um, I'm not as scared about you know his potential. Mm. I would, as a fan of football, I would like to see what Bryce Young has like right. in the tank. I just want to see him play. He's the number one pick. Correct. But Dalton, I think, gives you a better chance to win if you're the Vikings. If you're Adam Thielen, I'm guessing you probably want Andy Dalton because he Dalton... was talking up Dalton before the year, right? Before right. they drafted Young, yep. he said Andy Dalton can win a Super Bowl. Yep. He said, that's why I went to Carolina because I know Andy Dalton can win. So yeah, like that, that was his whole process when he first signed with the Panthers was he was excited to play with Andy Dalton. So yeah, I mean, and, and you know, he likes veterans. We we know that like rookies sometimes because they don't know what they're doing. They're supposed to do it. So yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun Sunday though. You got the Gophers homecoming 11 a.m. versus Louisiana Monroe. There will the raging Cajuns. There will be a postcast after that, talking a little homecoming, trying to get some uh, some homecoming guests to jump by the pop, pop postcast. Sorry, just to say a hello, give us their thoughts on the game, win or lose. We're not gonna we're not gonna hide them if they lose. We're gonna bring them in e- either way. But I'm pretty sure there should be a win. And then the Vikings take on the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. So hopefully this can be at a double loss weekend for us uh, Minnesota sports fans. Hopefully this can be a double victory weekend for Minnesota sports uh, sports fans but i'm ron johnson sam ekstrom please make sure you stay tuned because we're going to have jack henderson at some point this week or maybe next week we'll have jack henderson join us on the ron johnson show uh swiss army knife for pj flex defense looking forward to it but everybody make sure you subscribe to locked on sports minnesota on youtube we can find all of our shows you got the football party you got the 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 round table on fridays and you got the ron johnson show also We'll have some uh, basketball for you coming up soon this season because it's basketball season and it's right around the corner. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.